All right, welcome to another episode of Anime Autopsy. We are on episode 15, Tokyo Ghoul, seasons one and two, part five. This will close out our Tokyo Ghoul series. Did I say this is Anime Autopsy? Wow, I don't remember either. But just in case you stumbled upon this without knowing what you clicked on, this is Anime Autopsy. I'm Alex. And that beautiful face right there that you probably can't see because you're on Spotify, and that's only audio, is Tori. Huh. I cut out a solid two seconds of that here. Just giving you some work to do. There you go. Yeah. All right, we are going to do a little vibe check. How you feeling? Every time you do these, my answer's always the same. I'm tired. Well, I mean, you got a whole week to come up with something new. Yeah, but we always record on days that are late, so I'm tired. I'm tired, too. Had four hours of sleep, and then woke up to go see the new Doctor Strange movie. And it was fucking awesome. Well worth it. I'm not complaining. Trust me. If you saw the movie I saw, no complaints. At all. I really want to ruin a lot of things about that movie, but I'm not going to just in case. <laughs> Uh, so we're both going to be drinking a little pre-workout with this episode and a little inside baseball. We're recording the next week's episode as well. So, uh, hopefully we get a little cracked out here. Cheers. Oh. Have you tasted it yet? No, I have not. It looks like, oh, I won't say that on here, but. I'm sure we've said way worse on this show. In 14 episodes. Looks like men out at sea. It tastes good. Sour gummy bear flavor. This smells like something familiar. Sour gummy bears? Mm, I don't like gummy bears. <laughs> I think I could almost hear that face he made. Good, bad, ugly. Um, I mean, it's not bad. It's like... Chalky. Chalky? Yeah, it's pre-workout. But, um, uh, not bad. Just take a big old gulp of it. Some of us can't open the throat. You gotta open the throat a lot. <clears throat> All right, before we get too distracted, housekeeping notes, as always. The intro and after song is I Just Want to Be Great by NFX. Join us on Facebook. Got a Facebook group there, links in bio. And while you're at it, follow us on TikTok. And Instagram at Anime Autopsy. Leave that five star review on Spotify or whatever platform you were using and leave us a voicemail or send us an email, whatever you prefer. Uh, the link and the email address to that will be in the description. And if you're just feeling fucking froggy, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Alexander Cahoon, link in bio. And our logo was made by Blue Room Media. Brandon is not here, but Blue Room Media is his company. And he does all kinds of stuff from photography, music videos, logos, 3D animations, etc. All of that contact information is, you fucking guessed it, in the fucking bio. So, we're going to be closing out Tokyo Ghoul today. How many times would you say that you cried watching these last four episodes? At least three. At least three. There were some fucking, some fucking dingers. In, oh, I got in these. mad. <laughs> I 
I can think of like at least three off the top of my head moments where I was like emotionally impaired. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Actually, I just thought of like three more. Yeah, these are very, very emotional. So let's go ahead and jump into episode nine. We got City in Waiting. The CCG launches a full-scale attack on Onteku, and instead of running away, the manager and his friends decide to make a stand against them. And despite being warned, Toka and Kaneki depart to the 20th Ward to assist their friends as well. Oh, man. So much happens in these episodes. I just realized my notes are like eight pages long. Good. So... Uh, Washu is granted permission to execute the operation to eradicate the owl. The many CCG officers involved in the mission take time beforehand to write any last words they might have, which is kind of a nice touch to the story. Like, they didn't have to add that in there, but it adds, like, a certain aspect of humanity. As far as the CCG goes, like, they're basically writing to their loved ones as if they're already dead. Which, you know, that's exactly what they're doing, actually. So, like, just in case they do die in battle, it's, hey, mom, hi, dad, hey, wife, hey, kids. I'm dead. Yeah. That's how you're reading this. But, so if they don't die, they just, like, throw them away or throw them in a pile and wait till next time. I would like to imagine that a few of those get delivered on accident, even though they're still alive. <laughs> you receive that letter, and then a couple of days later, you receive a phone call from that dead person. Hey, what's up? Oh, my God, that reminds me. I remember whenever I was a teenager. Some kid in the school passed away, but I was friends with him on like MySpace or something. And he passed away. Everyone had like, everyone knew about it. There was a funeral. And then like a week later, they said he was uh, like online on, on MySpace. And I was like, oh. I can't remember the kid's name, but I was like, I just wrote him like, hey, so and so, it's that you? Question mark. And it was his mom just on his MySpace going through his shit, I guess. <laughs> it's like freaked I out. That. If I was to die. Well, not now, but maybe when I was younger and mom was to go through my stuff. I mean, she went through my diary, so she'd probably have some choice things to think about me. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit down and read my journal at, at the wake. <laughs> That'll be fun, trust me. Out of all the things <laughs> that I'd wrote in that thing, she said, you use the F word? Oh, really? no. <laughs> Everything I wrote, and that's what you're upset about? Okay. Okay. Not the big old F word. Oh, no. So, Amon visits the grave of a fallen comrade. It gives a name. I didn't care to write it down. It didn't seem important. Akira <laughs> bumps into him as she also visits the grave uh, of her father and tells Amon about her parents. Many years ago, they have... This is a cool little flashback scene, actually. Many years ago, they had been sent out to the 24th ward where they encountered the owl uh this being the manager owl i'm almost 100 percent on that but the team of investigators was not prepared to face the owl's strength so they fell back while i'm gonna probably say this name wrong but her mom kasuka mato stayed behind to cover them basically she gave them enough time to run away uh, but she was killed by the owl. Akira's father became obsessed with the owl. In this flashback, Wild Eyes doesn't seem so wild at the time. So this is what pushed him over the edge, it seems like. 
And after that, now Akira plans to take up his vengeance in his stead. Aman is concerned that she will do something reckless, annoying. Akira, who f feels that he is comparing her to his old fallen comrade. She tries to kiss Aman out of fucking nowhere, but he rejects her. Fucking burn. She leaves, stating that something like that is just like him, which seems like gaslighting to me. Two things. Number one, she cannot sit there and say, oh, I'm not like her, when she was ready to die in, like, their last fight because she got bit in the leg. Okay. Number two, I was so pissed that he blocked her kiss after, you know, he was just in her apartment thinking, oh, we're going to get it on, but they didn't, so he did some push-ups. And now, now you got a cock blocker? Really? He's not drunk enough. He had a little bit of alcohol to loosen him up. All right. Well, still. Or. I've been waiting for something to happen, and it was about to, and he's like, no. Or maybe it was payback, because he got blocked first, but she didn't really realize it, but it still hurt his feelings. He's like, ah. Would you do that? The counter cock block. No. <laughs> it looks like they're about to die in the next couple episodes so it's like i mean let's face it if we were about to go to war and we we're probably gonna die we're probably gonna do it a few times right beforehand oh yeah <laughs> yeah fuck all the just pg kissing shit it's getting nasty the night of the operation the ccg is dispatched to Onteku, where they encountered coma and Irami, who lead their old gangs into the ambush against the ghoul investigators. Finally, this little payoff of all these like little drops and hints of like who they used to be, payoff. Uh, while the manager uh, faces, so they're doing that while the manager faces the primary force head on after the apes and the black Dobers? Dobers, right? Yeah, because they're like Dobermans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Duh, that makes sense, dogs. Uh, decimates uh, much of the infantry. They come under attack by two high-ranking investigators. And fuck me sideways. This is not going to go right. Two? Shu Hachikawa and Mugen Tanakamaru. Oh, my God. Tanakamaru. Yeah. I'm not even going to edit that. I'm going to leave all that in. So the manager slaughters the investigators facing him, terrifying the survivors with his strength. He's a straight-up fucking badass. Shinohara and Iowa. I, how do you say his name? Like I'm supposed to know? I think I quite literally wrote his friend or his partner in all of my other notes. I have a hard enough time He's, remembering their names. So they're not important. Shinohara is the one who wears the armor, and then his his uh, buddy that wears the armor in that fight from like the end of episode. Cool, cool. Okay, didn't. Well, it's right there. Highlighted it. Yeah, pronounce it. Kuro, I'm not getting this one. Uh, I think he gets knocked out pretty soon, so it doesn't really matter. Arrive in their Arata armors, recognizing their opponent as the manager for Monteku. So Yomo confronts Toka, and Toka's trying to escape his apartment. Because if you remember, I think from like the previous episode, Toka, enemy, went to go stay with Yomo. So Yomo confronts Toka as she tries to sneak out from the apartment after seeing the 20th Ward under attack on the news. Pause. 
So, I have a frustration. If they were about to lead the CCG force in on this invasion, why the fuck would they put it on the news? Yeah, I didn't really quite understand that either. You would think they would want it to be like a surprise attack. Yeah. But then again, like maybe thinking out for civilians to stay away from that area, but you would think less like, goals just don't watch the news. Yeah, that's like it. There's a total weird. It'll have cable. It's fine. Plot hole in there. Well, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they thought something along those lines, like, you know, like they're just monsters. Of course, they don't watch, you know, the news or something. But I thought it was super weird because that's how yeah. Konaki figures out that something's about to go down. Oh yeah, he literally sees it across that big ass screen on the street. On the street. Yeah, the the biggest fucking screen I've ever seen in my life. They're doing the news like uh, 20th Ward has completely evacuated as they're about to, you know. Blah, 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 blah. It, it's like a 007 villain. He gives away his master plan right before he's about to kill James Bond. And then James Bond uses that information to get out of the predicament. Well, that's kind of like any any movie or show, really, where the bad guy's about to do something and he's telling you what he's going to do. So in that entire time, you have the ability to escape, but you wait till the very last second. I just think of Austin For Powers and Doctor Evil. Right. <laughs> Freaking uh, sharks. With just another sidetrack. Mike Myers has a new show on Netflix, and it looks hilarious. Anyways, Yomu uh, confronts Toka. She's trying to get out, so Toka does not understand why their friends are being abandoned. So he explains that Koma, Irami, and the manager intend to fight as "quote unquote" punishment for their past crimes. Toka questions her own position. And believes that she too needs to be punished because she has also killed. She rushes off. He basically lets her go. He's like, you know what? You've got a good point and I'm not going to fight you on it. Uh, so she's thinking about her loved ones and how she does not want to lose anything anymore. Which totally goes against what Yomo was told to do. Yeah, okay. he's, he's very conflicted. I feel like Yomo thinks that he should be there also. And well, if I mean, I'm, he is pretty powerful, so. Well, if I'm being honest, you've not seen a fucking scratch of how powerful he is. So him being there could have, oh, season three, you see some crazy shit with Yomo and Uda, the mask maker. But he, I think, honestly, could have made the difference. But Don't get me started because I'm just going to get angry. I was not prepared nor told. Well, I'm not going to ruin it. It goes against... It's not ruining it if I ask. Mm -mm. I'm sure I... anybody out there would yeah. understand. I gave you more information than I usually would about the show before things happened. I just didn't give you everything. So much happens in these episodes. Like, I probably didn't, wouldn't have remembered all of those things. Well... But as Ken Kaneki prepares to join the battle, he is joined by Nishiki, and they discuss their decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Nishiki assures him that Toka and Hinami are safe, and Kaneki feels guilty about bringing him to Onteku in the first place. Nishiki dismisses his attempt to apologize, though, and contemplates seeing his girlfriend one more time and plans to run off. To do what? Bounce a well, well. Yep, he's gonna go get 
the nookie one more time if you had a girl that fine wouldn't you want to hit it one last time i think it's literally the quote yeah Yeah. enter shu skiyama so he arrives on the rooftop and becomes hysterical trying to prevent kaneki from going on a suicide mission kaneki defeats him and grief-stricken skiyama pleads with kaneki to stay However, Kaneki has made his decision and prepares to enter the war zone, not wanting to stand by and not to be able to do anything anymore. Skiyama's like that crazy ex-girlfriend that you break up with, but she just won't leave you the fuck alone. But he's oddly sweet, though. He Obviously, at the end of the day, he just wants to eat eye patch. And there's nothing sweet about that. But he doesn't want him to, like, you know, sacrifice himself. And because shit. he's being greedy. Because he wants to eat him. Yeah. It's not, it's not okay. It's not sweet. There's something redeeming about him. Not very much. He could have just, I don't know. I feel like he could have been like a little more sneaky if he really wanted to stop him just, just to eat him. Right. He could have figured out a way to knock him out. Like he knows, he knows that he's not strong enough to take him on, you know, hand to hand. I don't know. Maybe you're right. He can't do anything without causing a scene, so no. But that finishes up episode nine. I think it's really just a setup for like a payoff on episode 10. So episode 10, you want to go ahead and hit that? No, but you're going to make me do it anyway because Brennan ain't here. Fucking Brennan. If you listen to this, I know that I'm having to read these now. <laughs> having, having to work ass. Yeah, I'm having to contribute. Instead of just my random little sayings. Episode 10, Last Rain. Kaneki's friends from Monteku are being defeated one by one, but he arrives in the nick of time to save them. Meanwhile, Juzo, Shinohara, and a few in- other investigators corner and defeat the manager after a long battle. But suddenly, an even greater threat appears before them. Did you take a single Shut breath up. during that? Yeah. Oh. Sound like you were running out of breath. No, I was trying to give like a dramatic, but I'm disappointed effect. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'll, I'll add that out. So, all right. So the battle between CCG and Onteku continues and Koma, Irmi, and the manager each engage in special investigators. I wrote that really weird. It sounded like they were doing it or something. <laughs> fighting. Um, <laughs> when a civilian gets caught in the middle... Uh, so the guy with no lips, his name is Hachikawa. Hachikawa continues to press his attack. I'm just going to call him lipless. Well, he knows that there is, well, basically, okay. Is it Irmi? She's the, the, the lady, right? Is it yeah. Irmi? Okay. So she's up on this balcony Drunk. trying to get away from uh, them firing at her. And this old lady comes out. I guess she did. She was the only civilian to not get the, hey, get the fuck out of here message. And so she sacrifices her back uh, to save this old lady. But that guy, the investigator, knew and used that distraction. And if she was as heartless as everyone thinks that she is as a ghoul, she would have just let that old lady die because he fired directly at the old lady. So... The other people that are working on his team immediately realize this and go, that's fucked up. So Hachikawa has some history with her. So that's another thing. He said he was waiting, what, 12 years to kill her? Something like that. 
So he's a dickhead. Oh, lipless. Is it going to be lipless? That's for me, yeah, lipless. Okay. We didn't really see him too, too much in the rest of these episodes, but lipless it is. Shinohara receives some unexpected advice after being defeated. Koma and Irumi are saved at the last second by Kaneki. So that the advice that Shinohara got was a flashback. Uh, him and Juzo are trying to attack the owl, and it's not necessarily working out. He's kind of worried about the erratic attacks that Juzo's making. And then he has a flashback of Wild Eyes whenever they used to work together, saying that, you know, you've got to think that way, use that to your advantage. So use your plotted strikes with his, you know, unexpected strike style, Juzo's, and that'll catch him off balance, which it does. But it's a cool little flashback that I wasn't really expecting. But after a long battle, the manager is defeated and seemingly killed by the CCG team. He slowly struggles away on his knees and hallucinates Ukina. I don't remember that part, but apparently I read it in my notes. So yeah, I guess it they happens. held hands. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. But before finally he collapses, Kaneki is ambushed by Alman along with a CCG team who declares that he will carry out his mission. As the CCG begin celebrating their victory against the manager, the true one-eyed owl swoops down and attacks. There's two owls? No shit. I know that you sort of got that information out of me about the two owls. Well, I guess yeah. I'd let you connect the dots in a weird way. But uh, it does make a lot of things make sense. Like, I, I do remember... I do remember my first watch through being very confused sometimes when they talked about the owl of like, like, wait, okay, the manager is the owl. And then you see that one episode, I think it was like uh, episode eight or something where he's talking about his backstory and he's like, the owl's my kid. And it's like, hold on a fucking minute. <laughs> Who the fuck is the owl? I'm just sad. I was so mad. I remember pausing it and looking at you like, why did you not tell me? Oh, about the manager? Yes. He was such a sweet fucking old man. I've got a little bit of information that we'll get to, and I think you'll be happy about it. He's not dead. I didn't say that. Episode 11. What the fuck is that word? <laughs> Deluge? Let's <laughs> say what that is. I, fucking I guess. It. God, we need to go back to school. <laughs> deluge it's been too long so deluge of flowers when the agiri tree joins the battle the ccg is driven into a corner until the strongest investigator kishua ariba appears to assist them meanwhile kaneki and aman face off so we get our first glimpse at technically season three's badass i can't have three white-haired guys in the same show well if you remember fucking me up Back in the first episode, I think it was first or second episode of this season, they have a meeting with all this, uh, the CCG heads mm -hmm. to come together to talk about future operations about eradicating negative tree and all that stuff. And there was one that they specifically remark that didn't bother to show up. And then they were like, yeah, what do you expect? He only shows up for the big stuff. And I never thought anything of it, but this is that guy. We'll see a lot more of him in season three. Once we come back to the show and do that, uh, do that breakdown, but just let it be known. Arima is a fucking badass. And he's hot. Yeah. He is an attractive feller. Him and Kaneki have, uh, some interesting, uh, dynamics in the season three. 
Suzia is left to face the newly arrived One-Eyed Owl on his own after Shinohara is mortally wounded. Agiri Tree joins the battle against CCG, who find themselves overwhelmed by the sheer number of opponents. Meanwhile, Kaneki confronts Amon, who stands in front of his way to Anteku. Amon and Kaneki begin to fight, and both seem evenly matched for the most part. Kaneki tells Amon that he doesn't want to fight him, and there would have been a lot they would have had to discuss if it wasn't for the circumstances that they're in. So they're, they're enemies. Amon complies, but claims that such a situation is impossible before attacking Kaneki. So Amon is, he's not having it. He's not going to listen to reason. He's there to do his mission. And he's going to be a, a good little soldier. Basically same with Kaneki. I see a doggo. Who's a thirsty boy? Elsewhere, uh, Sedu is subdued by Tatura, who demands to know where Hoji is. When Sedu refuses to reveal his location in defiance, Tatura throws him, where he is mutated by Noro, while Hide observes in horror from the distance. Noro turns their head and spots Hide attacking him also. Is it mutated? Mutilated. There we go. Words. What are words? These are my fucking notes, and I can't even pronounce some of the words. But yeah, uh, Hide is in hot water. Uh, old Dingleberry Sedu. I didn't really care about him at at this moment. So I was like, that sucks. But that makes sense that he would get fucked up. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. It's if like a Game of Thrones character that I didn't care about died. It's like. All right, I guess we won't be seeing that person anymore. There was, there was enough of those. Well, they usually did a pretty good job at, like, everyone who died being kind of impactful. Whether it was you were happy about them dying or, or sad about it. I don't think we should get started on all that. Why? Because you're afraid thinking. we're going to talk about the final season? Are you frozen? No. No, okay. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Just act like the last season didn't happen, and then I'll be way happier. So as Amon and Kaneki battle, uh, their battle ends, both are seriously injured, and the screen cuts to Juzo, who is unable to scratch the owl. The owl attacks Juzo, but is saved by Arima, who engages the owl in battle. Arima avoids the owl's attacks with fucking ease, and injures uh, the owl multiple times using his quinque. The owl attacks Arma head-on only to have its arm chopped off like a fucking G. And this, uh, so it then uh, it swallows the manager, the owl does, and runs away. The screen then cuts to an injured Kaneki who makes his way to Anteku. Somewhere close by, Akira, uh, Akira finds the remains of her partner's quinque and is greatly saddened by the sights. I just imagine that he was dead or something. Uh, the episode ends with the owl regurgitating the manager and reverting back into its normal form, revealing the owl and the author are the same person. So if you didn't know, there was an end credit scene on this episode, and there's not usually one. Why did you not tell me? Because I skipped through it. I do not recall that happening. Well, I saw it, to, I saw it today whenever I was doing my notes. I was like, oh, because I was like, I usually use a credit scene to like type out some stuff. And then I looked over, it's like, oh shit, there's an end credit scene on this. And I, I must have completely skipped over that too on my first watch through. Because in season two, they don't do any of the wacky end credit cartoon scenes or anything like that. 
And on this one in particular, it shows the the big reveal of her, uh, who she is. She's not only the author, but she is um, Eto, and also she is the owl. But she so- regurgitates him, and I was like, oh, but he's still dead. He looks up and says her name. So he's... Well, how do you know he's still dead if he says her name? I didn't say that he was dead. I thought you just said, well, he's still dead. But he looks up and says her name. I said, I thought maybe he's still oh. dead. But then he looks up and so says her name. Not dead. If we're to believe, just based on that end credit scene, he's still kicking somewhere. Somehow. Perhaps. Fuck yeah. Oh, what if they fight together? Oh my God, what if they fight together? Yeah, wouldn't that be dope? But we don't see him for the rest of this season. So who knows until we get into season three. Oh my God. Could you imagine two big ass owls? They'd be like, what the fuck is this? Boom, bitch. Fuck your mom and her couch. Episode 12. Did I read the last one? No. Damn it. Yeah. (sighs) Read the fuck out of this. Episode 12. It just says Ken. It's the name of the episode. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kaneki and Hide are reunited, and the two of them revisit the times they spent together. Aww. Kaneki and Toka separately remember the other members of Anteku as they both both and the CCG cope with their losses. Too bad, so sad. So, this episode is really just kind of tying at the loose ends. It's got a real sad fucking delivery. But Kaneki and Hide reunited on Tekum. There's It's flashback central in this episode uh, for the most part. And they have one final talk. Hide reveals that he knew all along that Kaneki was a ghoul. Boom. We were guessing that the whole time. And expresses sadness that Kaneki stopped hanging out with him. So Kaneki this whole time was thinking he was saving him by not revealing his secret. When they could have just both been up front with each other the whole time. He was making his friends sad. That's why I mean, you don't keep secrets from your friends. You be open and you be honest. Well, he it, it's, a, it's a two-way street with him, too, because, like, Hide could have said something, too. Like, there was those, yeah, but, like, three times where he would seem like he was going to bring it up and then didn't. He probably didn't know how because he didn't want to, like, ruin anything. Like, what if he brought it up and then Kaneki's like, oh, well, that's it. We can't. Our friendship is done because I'm well, He's like, oh. Hide, why'd you have to do that? Toka? Kill him. <laughs> uh, no, that's too too far, man. <laughs> oh, poor Hide. We always gotta resort to that. So, the talk comes to an end with Hide collapsing from his injuries. Throughout the whole episode, we do see blood kind of spurting out, but it's kind of uh, shown in a way where you think that it's um, Kaneki. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did too. It's, it's, it's shot that way on purpose, but Toka... She arrives to Onteku. It's in flames. And who the fuck set it on fire? I guess it was, it had to have been Kaneki or something, I guess. Well, remember I asked you about that. And I, I, cause I thought it was maybe Yo- Yomo, like one of the things the manager discussed with him. It, it was either Kaneki did it or, cause you remember they did have a meeting prior to even him and Yomo talking. Yeah. But, um, but... it seems like it's been a long standing plan that if the shit goes down, like, you know, those other, waitress and waiter guy like they already knew what to do before anyways i don't, I don't know why or how but on was on fire maybe it was Kaneki. 
maybe it was just like they were shooting missiles throughout the ward too. So like it could have been that. I, I don't I don't fucking know. I personally think it was Yomo, like tying up loose ends. Maybe. Maybe. Because they got rid of documents and shit, so I mean he didn't exactly do his job with Toka, so who knows? Oh yeah, Yoma does show up at the end. Okay, that makes sense. It could be Yeah, him. because he Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Toka arrives finding on Toku on fire and witnesses Kaneki carrying his friend off. Kaneki observes the tragic aftermath of the battle before facing Arimo alone. So badass white hair guy. Some time, uh, so that the, the, the scene is so drawn out and long. It's just oh him walking God. with Hide uh, in his arms at first with like a like a cloth over him, but then like the wind blows the cloth off and then they're like Oh shit, that's a ghoul bringing one of our humans back. Like, everyone's kind of like a little freaked out that a ghoul is showing such humanity. But he comes face to face with the white haired guy, and that kind of end scene there. He's going to drop off Kaneki's body, and they're going to be like, He don't work here. <laughs> Kaneki or Hide? Talk about Hide, because he's in that uniform, but he doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> he don't work here. <laughs> He works there part time, but that is not his role. No, exactly. It's He's basically the male bitch. <laughs> the fuck? Where'd you get this uniform? But after a very, very long, drawn out walking scene, um, it, it hits the credits after they come face to face. That the last thing you hear right before it goes to black is uh, Arima's suitcase clicking as he's about to open it. Uh, then it goes to black. You see the credits, and then there's an end credit scene where some time. It seems like there's been quite a bit of time pass. It says, some time long after the tragic day, Toka is seen opening a new cafe named, I guess, Re? It's it's literally just R-E. I don't think, I think that's just like carrying on. I don't think that's the name. That's the name of the coffee shop in okay. season three. Okay. I think it's the name of the season two. It's, uh, instead of season three, it's Tokyo Ghoul Re. Okay. I don't know. There's probably something to that that I'm just it's going over my head. But if the if there was never even a season three, like this was a pretty cool ending, I think. No. It leaves a lot of questions. As far as like as far as I know, these two seasons were based on two short runs of uh mangas that they just turned into um a show. So if there was no other manga that happened after that. I mean, it kind of leaves it open-ended to where at any point they could come back and pick up the story. But I love this season. I love the first I season. I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, I, I love the first season, but the second season just hits so yeah, much really different. Do you see my weenie fall in the background? Yeah. Who is it, weenie? <laughs> She's protecting the worlds. They're going to be listening to this. We're like, what is this weenie they keep talking about? My dick. I'll have to release the video at some point. Thinking with my dick. She's oh, dumb. <laughs> Look at her ear. <laughs> so that's going to, that's closing up our Tokyo Ghoul series for now. We're going to come back and do season three at a later date. So we're going to give it some time and come back to it. Uh, our next series we're doing is season one of The Rising of the Shield Hero, which I'm pretty excited about. You've watched the first five episodes. What are you thinking yeah. about it so far? Um, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. The first episode was kind of long. I was like, damn, is the whole fucking show like this? But, um, 
yeah, I would, I, I'd like to see it progress more than the first five. Yeah, it, it does. So it does start off a bit slow at first, and then it picks up. Like I was completely invested into the show by like episode six, seven. I was like, "Fuck, this shit's getting yeah. good." But it's good. Yeah, first five episodes, it's really establishing the world, and you know the whole thing. Like we'll get into it next week, but it, it's is- one of my new. It's one of my favorite new animes. I think. I think this is probably like the shortest podcast that we've done so far since there was only four episodes left yeah 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 as we close out housekeeping notes intro outro song i just want to be great about the facts join the facebook group follow us on instagram and tiktok at anime autopsy and leave us a five-star review on spotify or whatever platform you're using i just actually found out last week that we have a huge uptick in apple podcast platform it's actually overshadowing Spotify platform just a bit. So that's kind of interesting to see. Leave us a voicemail uh, or send us an email if you have any questions or anything you want to add to the show. We'll read it out loud and go over it live on the podcast. Follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Alexander Cahoon. Logo is made by Blue Room Media. All inquiries for art. Reach out to Brandon. All of this stuff is going to be in the bio. Yeah, all of the links, all of the ads, all of the email addresses will always be in the bio. So search there if you need anything. Other than that, we'll see you next week, bitches. Don't call our listeners bitches. It's kind of You'd be thing. nice to them. Okay. What do you want to call like them? one or two that I may personally know be a bitch. They know who they are. Should, should we come up with a name for our fans? Like a little, little pet name? I mean, I what would we call them? Weeby woos or something? The fuck? Weeby woos. You know how close that is to waifu? What the fuck does that mean? Wife. Oh, literally just wife? I thought it was like a dirty word or something. Okay. Let's see here. Corpses? Anime autopsy? Fellow corpses? I hope nobody has a dying fucking fear. Okay. Um, I feel like this is something that's going to have to be weebs and wee bets <laughs> like dudes and dudettes weebs and wee bets i don't care we'll bring i don't up. think they care I don't know, why don't they we might... just do a poll hey, we can I list bet. some stuff off we can, we, someone poll. can start a poll in the facebook group or you can send us an email uh, email address is animeautopsy90 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at the link in the bio if you have any Let's... suggestions know what y'all want to be called so we're not ending it with bitches (laughs) see you later fuckers (laughs) all right that's not as bad